The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Yes. It's Aloha Friday. That's why. It's Kubule Agbayani and Alan Mia. Good morning again. Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> it's like Oprah's, you get a car, you, you get a car, car, you get Everybody a car. Everybody gets a good morning. <laughs> Woo! Happy Aloha Friday. I'm trying to get myself excited because obviously I was a um, not a happy camper yesterday. <laughs> not, not exactly the best a Thursday for both the University of Hawaii basketball teams, men and women, both falling to UC Santa Barbara yesterday. And and actually, it, it was weird because it was almost like flipped, right? Like the Wahine looked like they were doing great. And then they just faltered at the end, losing 72-69. Like we were watching, I was keeping up with the score and I was like, oh, all right. Ladies got this, you know, the first half. And then... Next thing you know, we were in the, like, go to the men's game and are in the hospitality room and trying to keep up with the score. And then we're like, I think there was like maybe like two, a minute and a half left in the fourth quarter. And we were like, wait a minute, why are we losing? How, how did this happen? And then, you know, then you say hi to other people and everything again. And then when we checked the final score, we're like, all of us were shocked. Like, how in the world did we lose? So that wasn't exactly the best feeling going into the men's game. And then the men's game. That was a lot of fun. I sent a lot. I sent a nice little text to you. Hi, Rhonda. Good to see you again. I don't even, you know, it was weird. Like, I don't even know. I think I was just so in shock at how that first half was going for the Rainbow Warriors. I didn't even know. I didn't have any reaction either way. It wasn't even like Rhonda or it wasn't um, Reiko because. So Rhonda usually comes out if the refs are calling like a horrendous game. And you know what? They weren't. They were, yeah, of course, they were like, there's always going to be some tic tac foul that you don't agree with or whatnot. But for the most part, hey, it was it was an evenly called game by the refs. So there was no reason for Rhonda to come out. She, you know, of course, like I said, when you see that one call or whatever, then it's like, ah, what is that? But other than that, it was, which, hey, shout out to, um, Devin Ching, who actually pointed this out. He so I had posted on my Twitter about just like being at the game, and then he replied to my tweet and pointed out that the the three officials and last night's game for, for the men's game were the same three officials when Hawaii lost to Texas AM Commerce by two points. And I'm pretty sure that was the last time crazy, crazy Rhonda came out. <laughs> so Take that how you must. So it was just, I was like, is this a like a bad omen then? If that's like the last, then that's the last time Hawaii lost at home. So we don't want them officiating ever again. <laughs> You're saying they bring bad juju? I'm saying they are the reason that Hawaii shot 24.14% in the first half from the field. That's, no, that's, that's my excuse, no, and I'm sticking no, to it. No, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to allow you to do that. And you know why? I've been saying it all year with you. This team, as exciting as they are and as defensively sound as they are, actually, to be fair, they're really good defensively, actually. No, they uh, did one, really One well. of the top in the country. It's, it's, it's simply this. At home, you cannot afford halves like you had in that first half. I don't know what it is about this team. They go through periods throughout each game where they cannot buy a bucket in their home gym. And 
and in a, in a conference that is physical like the Big West. Now, don't get me wrong; it's it's not it's not the the SEC, it's not the ACC, it's not the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, yada, and so forth. In the pack, especially the Pac twelve, which is really good right now. Um, but it's a physical physical league, and and because of that, you got to be able to hit your shots, and especially when those opportunities are given to you, and more so at home. These guys practice in this gym, and they go through halves where it's like they've never shot in this gym before. Yeah, to be fair, though, I don't want to take anything away from UC Santa Barbara because they also have a top defense. So it's not like they were getting a ton. Hawaii wasn't getting a ton of easy looks. Actually, both teams really didn't get a ton of easy looks, and they were just UC Santa Barbara were, were making the crazy shots up until the very end. For the game-winning shot that A.J. Mitchell made, it wasn't even an easy shot. Hawaii played him just fine. They drove him to his right. He's a left-handed guy. They drove him to his right on that inbound play, and then he kind of shot an off-balance shot with like barely his left hand that went over Bernardo da Silva onto the backboard and into the basket. So it was one of those, like, all right, um, okay, this is how it feels to be on the other side of the crazy game-winning shot. Yeah, it wasn't like a crazy three like Jovan McClanahan had in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, but by no means was it an easy shot. Again, the game plan worked where they had to force him right because, he's like I said, he's a left-handed guy, and so it was like off-balance with the left, and you're like, all right. The only thing I would say is is you watch uh, Samuto Avea's positioning on that. He kind of was in like a little bit of a no-man's land and you wish about a second earlier, as as he was driving, as Jovan pushed him toward to, like you said, the right side. You wish maybe Samuta could have took a step about a second earlier to his right, and there would have been a lane there that he could have clogged for a charge if he stood his ground. I know in hindsight, it's easy to say that watching that and well, replay, no, you don't want to risk because the last thing you never want to do is. I understand. No, I understand. When you have the lead, so why are you going to risk no, because he's fouling. already because the player offensive player is already running kind of sideways, so he's already out of control for one. And if Samuta, like I said, a second earlier had taken a step to his right, mm-hmm. he's established his position. Mm-hmm. That's a charge all day, every day. Mm-hmm. You don't know. That's a charge all day. You every don't day. know. And if you lose on that, then I, I'm okay losing on that. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. I'm okay losing on that because then that's on the rest, and you have an argument no. to say because that's a charge all day. I think they based on they his played offensive. Him just fine. You don't want to risk the foul. I don't you know. Never foul in uh, giving the person Some free kind shots, of no especially AJ Mitchell. You don't want to foul that guy. He's gonna make two shots for sure, and that's just. I don't know. I, I watched Samuta's position right there, and I'm not saying he's in a bad position, but he's kind of in no man's land because Noel Coleman has got the guy in the wing. We're, gonna, he's just, he's just, we're just going to agree to disagree on this one, Alan. <laughs> because And you're never going to guarantee that a player will plant his feet and then at the same time the referee will call it the way it is. We see it all the time. Like Things should have been a charge. It's not vice versa. I, no, I understand. Like, no, I understand that. But at the that, end of the day, you but, don't risk giving a free foul. But you also don't want to be in no man's land like he was in. I think they played, like I said, I think they played it just fine, and A.J. Mitchell just was doing his things. He had 24 points in that game, leading that team. I mean, that guy is awesome. Like, he's he's going to do, and he's only a sophomore. So we're going to. We're stuck either, with that guy. We're either going to see years. him again, or a bigger school is going to come in. He's going to transfer out to, like, a bigger school because he is really, really good. So, I mean, Hawaii didn't do bad defensively. Neither did UC Santa Barbara. So they forced us to make tough shots and whatnot. And then they had, like, the other guy that was Anders- or Cole Anderson, like, hitting his threes. Like, I thought that guy could not miss. He he maybe had two wide-open threes, and then after that, we were playing him pretty tightly. And then he, the, he still made some threes. I'm like, 
seriously so it's one of those like they were actually just making everything i think we're missing that shooter which would have been juan munoz like that three-point guaranteed threat to like close in on where they had that in cole anderson and i kept like telling other people i was sitting with i'm like that should have been our juan munoz our three-point guy that can shoot from the outside and i mean one point but it goes to say when they even though Hawaii finished first in the preseason poll, I mean, all the teams are very close. Again, UC Santa Barbara had lost by one point to UC Riverside at home. Hawaii beat UC Riverside at Riverside. And now UC Santa Barbara beats Hawaii, but by only one point at home. So this conference is still very, very tight. And then also UC Irvine, who is ahead of Hawaii in the Big West Conference standings just because they have one less game and one less loss. So they're 6-2 and two and Hawaii is 6-3. and three. They lost, that other loss came to Cal State Fullerton by one point. And Cal State Fullerton is like three spots behind Hawaii in the Big West Conference standings. So it's crazy like how close and even this entire conference is and it's going to get pretty crazy at the end. Imagine if, so Hawaii will have their revenge game against UC Santa Barbara, but it's the last game of the season at UCSB. So we'll see if that game matters in terms of conference seeding and how everything plays out at the end. So it'll be really interesting to see. But we're going to step aside a little early today because when we come back, I want to play for you actually the post-game um, media Q&A with University of Hawaii men's basketball head coach Iran Ganat. So we'll have that next on Wake Up in the Den. <laughs> Let's not repeat that game last night. I don't know. It's one of those games. Like I said, I think just competition-wise, all the teams are that evenly matched. Because UCSB, we talk about it all the time. I mean, they were a lot more like physically athletic, I still think, than the UH. But UH played as you know good defensively as they could. And the game was decided. We were winning. The game was decided by one point. Could have gone either way. Like I said, even... Cole Anderson hitting like those crazy threes and you're just <laughs> could have gone this way could have gone that way could have gone this way could have gone that way could have should have could have woulda it's one of those should have I mean anytime it's a one-point game it's a should have could have woulda but that's why it'll be very interesting not only to see what happens still down the stretch as we're only going through playing these teams once and you got to come back around and play them again and then go into the Big West Conference tournament. So it'll be really interesting to see. But Hawaii does lose by one point to UC Santa Barbara, who remains at the top of the Big West Conference. However, there's a lot to say and the fans were crazy. But this is what head coach Iran Ganat had to say when addressing the media after the game last night. A tough loss. Great basketball game in the second half. Horrible basketball game in the first half. Um... So if we're fortunate to be down nine with the ball, with the way we were playing, that was the worst half we've had in a couple of years, I think. That's how bad it was because there was nothing positive offensively, nothing positive defensively, nothing positive on the boards. That's all three phases. Um, 
surprised by that, disappointed by that, give them credit, give them credit for a great win tonight on our home court. Um, really proud of the way we finished the half. Uh, the second half was one of our best second halves. Good offensively, good defensively, good on the glass, took care of the ball, gave us a chance. Uh, you can't do that. You, you got to play 40 minutes in this, at this point of the year against anybody. And we were able to come back pretty quick to give our guys credit. And then they separated, got it to eight. We took the lead again. A couple more big plays down the stretch. Um, both teams were trying to figure out a way to score in the last three minutes, couldn't. Um, and then it was, you know, we got to be stronger at the rim both ways. We got to be stronger on the glass. Uh, we've been out rebounding three straight games. But I'm really proud of our guys. I don't want to talk about the second half because I've said enough all I need to say. Um, but I'm really proud of our guys and our team and our program and our fans for a tremendous effort in the second half. Uh, it just fell short, and they're hurting. Uh, we'll hurt for a second, get back to work. If it takes a lot out of us, we don't deserve to be good. So uh, back to work we go and give them credit. And I just thought we were really good defensively in the, where, we, where we had two or three huge lapses for threes with Anderson. But other than that, we were dictating again like we do. We dictate defensively. Um, but they have, a, like I said, that's why they've been good. They have an inside-out attack. They have a closer, um, and he closed. And then we did a good job adjusting and, and gave some more support to our guards with him in the second half. Uh, and we made a run, and Kamaka was more aggressive, with, which helped us. And Bernardo was more aggressive at the rim, which helped us. Um, it's a tough one. But I think that game will help us moving forward if we use it right. And I've, guys have consistently used it right, and I expect the same. Coach, uh, that first half there were a couple of large scoring runs, obviously 14 nothing, 8 nothing by uh, Santa Barbara. In your opinion, what did you see that allowed them to go on those runs, what they do to hold you guys down offensively? I think the difference in the first half was the paint. They got in there and were tough. We, got, we didn't get in there as much and were not tough. And so that's why we made some of the adjustments in the first half. Point attack wasn't good in the first half one-on-one -on -one or in the ball screens. They drove us every which way, and they defeated our ball screens. That's why I said it was fortunate we were down nine with the ball. Um, we had reverse layups we were shooting, left-handed jump hooks from 12 feet that we were shooting. So that's why I say I'm hopeful that we learned our lesson and we'll go back to work at being stronger in there. We were in the second half. You talked about being down nine at half. So how important was that justice three, even if it's just for psyche alone, just to instead of going in double-digit lead, you come out nine and you have ball like you're talking about. So It's important in one sense because you had some momentum with the ball, and that was a great play. Like it was a, they, they got in there, suck in, and we kicked out and made a simple play and hit a big shot. Um, but we can't be a psyche team. <laughs> we have to get over that, and I think we are. Like, so we're going to, you know, are we going to, if the shot doesn't go in, are we going to be bad in the second half? Like, that's part of the professionalism. So I would, um, but obviously it was big in the sense that we cut the lead, you know, and and really jumped out early. Kamaka was so aggressive to start the second half, which really helped us, and we needed that from him. And I think that's something he'll learn and grow from. And I'm really pleased with our team in the second half and our bounce back from guys who were challenged. Um, wasn't enough. Give him credit. Did you think Javon's tech was warranted? That? I got to trust you. I didn't see it. You know, I'm sitting there looking, you know, talking to the rest of our guys about getting a stop and getting back on D and, 
you know, I'll look forward to, you know, our team doesn't get many of those ever. Like, so we're going to look at it, own and move forward. Um, you got to take ownership when that happens. Kind of talk about the, that your team doesn't show that type of outwardly emotion. Is there a line where you, like in the second half, they started to, they started to show a little more swagger in that. I'm sorry, I think we show emotion. I think we always have a great balance with it. We have passion. Our guys are, you know, maybe Noel is, we have some stoic guys in Noel and beyond. Uh, Javon's passionate, Kamaka's passionate, Muta's passionate. So I think we have it in a right, a good level. But obviously we need it when there's lulls, probably. Um, so I, I do, um, I, let me put it, it's on the board every day before we, last talk says passion. So um, our passion has to be there when we're playing well, when we're not, when we're making shots when we're not, when we're defending when we're not. And we have to be consistent with that. I, I felt it in the second half more. In the crowd tonight. Uh, Incredible. I said that. I've been thinking these guys are awesome. Uh, these guys, our guys deserve it. I mean, I hope we come out with a full force Saturday because just like I'm saying, uh, win or lose, doing well or not, we're bringing it. And so stay with us. Stay with our group. They're battling. Their, they're incredible fighters and really appreciate our fan base. You know, I'm sure some of them felt that we let, let them down because we fell short today. I, I think we should all be really proud of these guys. I love them to death. I think they're awesome. And I think our fans, when, when they're like that, and I've said that before. I've th- every time I can, I think our fan base awesome. Um, hung in, with, hung in there with us with that first half, and we were down, and then hung in there with us. And at times, I thought it was one of the, some of the loudest I've heard. And even through my years as an assistant, there was a stretch where I'm like, "This is deafening in here." And so, we appreciate the fans very much. Mitchell, I mean, that last shot, man, like you said, easy guy that goes left. Now you force him right. It's a runner high off the glass. Uh, he's actually had, he had several of those shots tonight. Did you feel like uh, there were some times when it's like you just shake your head, like, man, we did, we followed this guy. That one is probably one, yeah, that one is one of the tougher. I mean, the laps was going under a ball screen with him from three. Um, when he got to the rim, that's a different, like, you got to, our deal is force people to tough twos over a hand. That was one of the toughest shots I think he took in the end of the play there, because I think there's several closeouts and people on his head, you know. Give him credit. Give him credit. I have a lot of respect for him. We do. Uh, Coach, just going back to you talked about your players' passion. and uh, Obviously, that overflowed with Javon's tech tonight. How did, in the Big West, it gets physical, obviously, uh, night in and night out. Tonight, you guys uh, didn't shoot a free throw in the second half after shooting 13 in the first half. How do you... Uh, balance the passion of the players uh, while also uh, reeling it in so those technicals don't happen uh, like we, yeah. stretch. It's a great question like we have over the years. The balance has been nails. I think he was frustrated because he, there was some contact at the rim and I'll look at it and I'll stand up for our guys. Um, like we don't do that. You know, I'm watching a really heated game and I'm seeing it some join on both ends. That being said, I control what I can control. We control. We can. I don't. Not their deal. So we got to take responsibility for that in the moment and get better. That's not. That's uncharacteristic. It's a controlled passion. He lo- He plays with passion. He plays with heart. I don't want him to lose that. And he owned that when he was on the bench. 
and he came back and he was great again. Um, so I'm not too worried about our. I want our. I want to tone him down versus versus rev him up. Um, but I think our guys have really over the years. We must be last in the league in technicals. So over the years, I think our guys have had a good balance with it. You know, live and learn sometimes. I'm not going to overreact to it because that's a very mature kid who has zero history of it. Yeah, that was the crazy thing with Jovan McClanahan and the technical, but that was Rainbow Warrior basketball head coach Iran Gannat addressing the media following their loss yesterday. But also here are a couple of the players in Samuta Avea and Bernardo De Silva. <sighs> yeah, um, it, was, it was a good uh, string of stops. We were getting towards the end and we were getting the rebounds too. The crowd was, man, shout out to the crowd. They were going crazy. Um we just can't have the first half like we did, and we, we, it's something we really got to clean up. But, I mean, it was a good fight in the second half, but it's like, you know, can't spot teams' points like that. I feel like on the first half, like, our defense just wasn't – we weren't really dictating. I feel like they were just getting downhill too much and kind of doing what they wanted to do. And then on offense, we kind of just couldn't really finish. Like, we had a hard time finishing tonight and just – um, when we have offensive nights like that, we just got to be able to get stops. Really, like on the first half, and we're really able to get stops. So it's just, um, you know, uh, putting two, two halves together, really, because in the second half, we came with a different mindset of just being more aggressive and, like, just trying to make plays and trying to, you know, go go at them. So it's just putting two halves together, really. What's the disappointment of a game like that where you guys come all the way back and make it a game, but you, like you said, kind of knowing that the first half wasn't what you guys wanted to play and just and at the end of it come up with one point short? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> like It doesn't come down to one play. Um, it's, it's a lot of stuff we got to clean up throughout the game, but to fight like that and then force a guy who's a lefty to his right hand and he hits a tough loader uh, going right, I mean... Yeah, it, it, it hurts for sure. But uh, credit to him, it was a big shot. And um, it's not on all that play, though. we got to clean a lot of things up. Bernardo, uh, obviously you got going offensively, but defensively you guys kind of locked in the second half. What was what was this adjustment that you guys made in the second half to, uh, to slow down their offense? Uh, it was really just trying to dictate more, trying to be on their stuff more, and, like, trying to make it harder on them and, like, Honestly, that's really it. Like, just trying to dictate and, like, make it harder on them. Bernardo, uh, your offense, slow start, missed first several shots. How did you stick with it and uh, just find your touch inside? Um, I mean, my teammates were just, they just kept telling me to be aggressive and keep shooting no matter what happens. So, I mean, I just tried to stick with it. And, you know, I kind of got going towards the end of the game, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, just sticking with it and, like, staying confident and just trying and just being patient, and, yeah. You guys held Miles Norris in check for most of the game. What, what was kind of the, the strategy on him, or how did you guys do that? Um, I won't give out too much of the scout, but he's a he's a real talented player that can do a lot of things. So um, trying to limit him to, to a few things is what we try to do and just um, – really having a high alert the whole game because he can get going at any at any moment so um did a did a solid job on them but 
uh, just got to do a better job on, on the rest of the team. So it's a year here before pandemic, now since pandemic. How did that crowd compare to what you what they had beforehand? Yeah, uh, it's hard to. It's, uh, tonight felt really loud. It was getting it was getting rocking at, at some points and some and some important points too. So um, huge shout out to them. Really disappointed we couldn't get the win um, because they deserved it and they came out and showed out. But uh, really want them to stick with us because. We're going to clean these things up and, and keep moving. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. The support was just amazing. It really got loud. I don't even remember the last time we got as loud as, as it got tonight, really, when we kind of, like, made a run and, like, got on top, I think, for the first time. Like, it was just really loud. And, you know, it's just great that the fans are here to support us. And, like, similar to say, like, we're disappointed we were able to come out with the win tonight. But, you know, like, we're going to work on the things that we got to get better. And, you know, like there's still a lot of games left, so we're just going to keep competing and doing our best to win as, as many games as possible. And again, that was Rainbow Warrior basketball players Sam Muta Avea and Bernardo Da Silva answering questions from the media after last night's one-point loss to UC Santa Barbara. And they were right. If you guys were in-house, if you were one of the, it was just the attendance was just over 4,000. And if you were one of those in attendance, it was it got really, really loud down the stretch. So that's what they need. I mean, we got to get loud. And I think it was actually when Hawaii took the lead and then UCSB got the ball back and we got crazy loud. And then it ended up causing UCSB to miss, I think, a couple of times. And then it just got crazier. Uh, but it was a good good game. Unfortunately, yes, didn't get the result we wanted. But tomorrow's another day as they host CSU Bakersfield. So Hopefully they can bounce back from that loss against UCSB. Again, they're the top team in the conference as it stands right now, but everybody right now at the top four, it, it could go either way. So, yeah, bounce back. But like they said, hey, we need the crowd. You got to come. Don't be don't be Uncle Angry Allen. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just Unc- kidding. And let me tell I'm you kidding. something. Uncle Allen, when Al- Uncle Allen goes to men's basketball games or even the women's basketball games, let me tell you something. That place is lit. Yeah. Uncle Allen makes it lit. I heard actually tomorrow's game, they have actually a lot of tickets sold. So tomorrow's going to get fun. It's going to get loud and hope everyone, yeah, hope to see everybody there. But when we come back, we'll we'll change it up and we'll talk, of course, NFL because that's the big thing happening on Sunday. Joey B, baby. <laughs> we'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia. Happy Aloha Friday. And Alan is extra, extra beautiful this morning because he brought me a breakfast burrito from Taco Bell. I always Mahalo. know. No, I always try because <laughs> I know when you have long nights, um, although last night was for fun. It wasn't for work. And uh, <laughs> I have a few extra minutes in the morning because uh, my daughter decides she wants to actually get up early. Uh, and get ready. Actually, you were you uh, made it into the office earlier this week than me the last been, couple of days. You know what's days. funny? This week's been a, actually a, a good week on that standpoint. Kenzie's been getting up. Usually, she don't wake up till seven, like on the dot. 
this week she's been waking up at like 6.30, so it allows me a little bit extra time to get here at a more reasonable time that I yeah, want. Yeah, I'm like, hey, Alan's car is already here. Usually my car is the first one in the garage. I'm like, yeah, whoa, Alan. So, so this week I've been, I was, I've been waiting for a time to go down and get us a breakfast burrito. We deserve it. You, you've yeah. worked hard. It's been a long week for you. Next week is gonna be another. I would long tell you. Week. I, I, I would Woo! tell you. I would tell you. You did good and everything, and and last <laughs> of the week. But I already know the answer and the response to that. So I'll keep it to myself. <sighs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, next week is another long week. Just to remind everyone: on Monday we have the OIA Division One boys basketball semifinals and then on Wednesday we have the division one and division two boys basketball championship games and then we're still trying to figure out some of our soccer schedule for the week but for sure Alan and I will be doing a first time for everything bringing you HHSAA girls soccer action on Saturday so next week Saturday we'll have the division one and division two state championship games so it'll be, yeah, like I said, first time for everything. First time soccer. We like to we like to break barriers here and you. do a lot of awesome first time for everything. Like at Hawaii Sports Radio Network, which I'm very proud of. And, and of course, mahalo to our boss that lets us kind of experiment and just, hey, never been done before? Why not? Here's the greatest thing. You can't say we suck. You know why? Because it ain't <laughs> never been done before. So yeah. there is no barometer of suck. Yeah, so <laughs> it ain't us. We're going to be on the radio. Um, I think it'll be entertaining. Hope you guys can tune in. Um, yeah, like Alan and I, you've heard it before. We talk a lot of soccer. We love soccer or football, whichever word you prefer to use out there. I don't want to. I don't want to. It's hard anger any of our diehard football calling fans so whichever one but you know we both love the sport I've played it since I was a kid and I played at Mililani I played it in this state championship game didn't win but made it to the championship itself and went all the way to a penalty penalty kicks to which we yeah lost in that to Punahou so you know I think between Alan and I it'll be a, it'll be a fun time based on just the love of the game experience and and yeah, we're we're excited. So, um, first time for everything. First time in Hawaii soccer has ever been called on the radio, I believe, or at least local soccer. Because I'm I'm trying to think. Maybe I'm assuming when some of the pro pro teams have come, they maybe have brought radio broadcasters. So I want to specify that it's the first time that local soccer on the high school high level. school level has been called on the radio. So woo! Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super <laughs> excited for the opportunity. Um, a lot of you guys know already, uh, I grew up hating soccer and football, <laughs> like with a passion. I'm from an area of, of California where it's literally you picked one or the other. It was soccer or baseball. I chose baseball. My brother did soccer. So you really concentrated on one thing and one thing only. And, and so for me, I grew up just disliking soccer because I never understood it. And then I moved out here and I had to start doing PA. I started doing PA for Bud Guys. And uh, all of a sudden, I learned the game. I understood the game. I fell in love with the game. And now I... I'm like put it put it put it this way tonight at 2:40 in the morning I'll be up watching Liverpool play that's how much I love it and I breathe it and I eat it and I sleep it uh, or their lack of because I will be watching Liverpool live I don't miss a match so uh it's a passion of mine now and I'm I'm excited for this opportunity and you know what like I said <laughs> it, because it's never been done you can't tell me I suck exactly same here <laughs> and at the end of the day at least you know I can 
obviously, if, if you guys couldn't tell, Alan will be the main play-by-play, and then I'll just be the the color analyst. Um, so at the end of the day, at least like you know, I I actually played, so it's not like I'm just kind of yeah. It's not like a guy who who <laughs> fell in, who started to really like soccer because of reality TV shows, which yeah. absolutely I hate. Also, it's a funny story, like, really. And I've literally been in the position of the players that we will be calling the game for. So you know, we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll be a little. What is what's his name? Um, that calls basketball. Shoot, the one that's always on Maui, but he's Artie a little Wilson? goofy. No. Oh. Professional. Um, oh. The one that calls basketball. Yeah, like Maui Invitational. He's usually part of the broadcast. Like, ah, former from, NBA from, player. From ESPN Maui? No, no, no. He's a for, former NBA player. and his, Bill Walton? Yes. Maybe I'll be like that. Don't, don't, don't be Bill Walton, please. <laughs> I, I heart him. Don't get me wrong. I heart Bill Walton. I've known him for years. I heart him to death. But I, but he drives me nuts on the broadcast <laughs> yeah. side of things. If any of you guys have listened you, to podcasts that he it, does, you know what we're talking about. Especially if you ever worked with him. Oh. He, but he, but he, but not in a bad way though. It's just because he's so quirky and so funny. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't take anything serious, and, and you get in trouble when that happens. But uh, no, actually, Bill was on the UCLA USC call last night, so it was it was hard. Oh, that's funny. It was hard hearing him like gush about USC, knowing he's a he's a Bruin at heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> But he was gushing about USC on TV last night. Either way, it'll be exciting again. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, we'll have OIA boys basketball action. And then Saturday, we'll have soccer and or slash football and possibly soccer sprinkled in one or another day in between next week. But be sure to go to HawaiiSportsRadio.com to get our most updated schedule or follow us on social media at High Sports Radio because that's where we will for sure post what games are going on and whatnot. But from one football to the other, big games. Bengals, baby. Bengals, baby. I am. I'm riding the Bengals train all the way. And the line has flipped. So as we were talking about yesterday, we're, you know, wanting to, I've always, I have a good track record so far of calling the money line dog in the playoffs so far. Three for three. So is this is this is this a quad? Is this is this four for we're, four? We're gonna keep riding the money line dog until the the train falls off the tracks. That's that's what's gonna happen. And now that the line has flipped, like I said, so now Kansas City is the new favorite once again. Uh, the line is one and a half, but the money line right now Bengals at plus one hundred and the Chiefs at minus one twenty. So, it, like yesterday when the Chiefs were the dog, if anybody believe that highly in the Chiefs to win straight up. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming more, a lot of bets went in. on. I mean, if you're getting plus money on the money line on some like a team like the Chiefs who will battle it out and find a way to possibly win, but not when they're playing Joey B, Joe Sly, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, and the Cincinnati Joe Bengals. Cool. Joe Cool. Here, here's the thing. What, what did they shoot his ankle up that makes him be okay because it didn't look good, don't and and you know what I mean. Like what what's okay? So I'm assuming they did some kind of treatment on it that only rich people and and rich teams can have and afford. Um, and I'm assuming because of this treatment, he's able to tolerate either tolerate the pain or it, it's completely masked. So how much more damage is he is he possibly doing to his ankle here? And then so does that mean he's one hit away in this game, or one wrong turn to being out for the game? I'm with you on this one. I'm sprinkling on that money line, that dog money line, and I know you're looking at me like, oh, oh crap. 
Oh Alan, no! Now uh, we're gonna no, lose. No, you're cut, like Uncle guys. Alan's with. You're like Uncle Alan's with me now. Oh Dang crap! It. All right. I'm, I'm. But I'm on. I'm with this. I'm with you on <laughs> like this that one. That means go the opposite way, people. <laughs> no, I, you know you were. I shouldn't have brought oh, your man. Oh, as we know, anytime Alan goes the same way as, as me, I'm over. So that's where that joke comes from. I, I, I've been three for three betting the dog on the money line. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, this, I think it's a no brainer on this one. But, you know, I wouldn't. It's one of those I wouldn't be surprised, I, obviously, because you never you, you never count Patrick Mahomes bum ankle or not out. I mean, the guy's he's he's in his fifth year as a starter. I mean, was it like his fifth straight AFC championship game? And I think a lot of the experts air quotes think that the way that they adjusted to him like his ankle in the last game and they were able to still pull out that win actually is somewhat thanks to you know Chad Henney's 98 yard touchdown in that game by the way though but they still feel like I guess the Chiefs can adjust and figure out a good game plan where a I mean I don't even maybe like a 50 percent Patrick Mahomes can still grind out a win and they're going to rely a lot on Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony. And I saw something, too. One of the things is because of the cornerback Eli Apple, like his coverage is like bottom 10 or something. Yeah, it's so a they're going to sus, as yeah, they so say. They're, like, they're saying, OK, maybe like the, the they just target him all day and get those short, quick passes. And you just got to get down the field. But at the same time, you're still playing against the Cincinnati Bengals team that is stacked. Zach Taylor, who I think is a very good coach. So... That's why this game is so, and the line has been moving all over the place, or not really all over the place, but like opened one way, switched to the other side, and now it's back towards the other side. So just, yeah, I'm I'm really worried about his ankle. I know there I know there are devised a scheme that that is geared especially for like like you said a fifty percent, a sixty percent, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, they can go the the slot routes and and do quick dump offs or to Kels or to um, Juju and and maybe attack the secondary after a couple dinks and dunks. But again, he's one wrong turn. You put pressure on him. He's mm-hmm. one wrong turn of not being in that game at all, and then everything drastically Ooh. changes. And, and no offense, that's Chad no offense Henny, to like, Chad Henney. Hey, Chad Henney could drop, but that was on the Jaguars. So yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> so I'm like, and and this is no knock on Chad Henney, but I'm gonna be real. It's like that tweet I read the other day. It's you either you're either Patrick Mahomes or you're not, and there's no like if yeah. ands or buts. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you either are, you aren't. And it's no slide on you. You just you just aren't, and you're not it. Yeah, but and he's I'm, not it. I heard actually the show the show that comes on before as Vsin's the Lombardi line. They said this is like the first time since 1997 that the spread on both these uh, the AFC and NFC championship games have been less than three points. Mm. So it's a very very evenly and close matchup and I was like wow that's a crazy stat that that's how and that's how I view these games like I said I'm like I'll just you know what plus one and a half you might as well just ride it until the Bengals win uh, even the 49ers Eagles game but you know like ugh. that defense, the fact though, that the that 49ers defense though no that's why and the 49ers they struggled against the Dallas Cowboys offensively but because the Dallas Cowboys defense is awesome and I say it all the time it's Dak Prescott's a big part of the problem why they don't win and now I the Eagles defense is good but I don't think they're as good as the Dallas Cowboys defense so the fact that Brock Purdy can still keep doing Brock Purdy things and limiting mistakes 
again, he's not he's nowhere near 100 percent Jalen Hurts or 100 percent type of Patrick Mahomes, not even Joey Burrow. Like, but he's in the he's playoffs. Eli Manning. He's, he's Eli Manning 2.0. Yeah. So but he still limits the mistakes and the just, offense and the everyone around him is just like potent and the defense is good. So. I'm more inclined to, I don't know if I have as much faith that they'll win straight up, but you know what? Two and a half, meh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Something about Jalen Hurts this year. I, I know. Every time I count him out, he like basically a boss man emojis me. Um, if anyone knows what that means, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyways, like he, 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 every time I think this, he ain't it. He ain't the dude. Can't happen this week. Not going to be it. Boom. Alan, here. Emoji. That sounds like me and like Brock Purdy. Like, ah, eh, he never, or even just the general public yes! and Brock Purdy. Yes. Like, oh, he never started yes. before. Oh, he never started on the road. Oh, he never played in like a loud crowd. Oh, and it's like, all right. Remember the, the Brock si- Purdy's still winning. You remember the sitcom Friends? Of course. I love Friends. Yeah, like Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts does the Monica and oh. Ross uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, hand signal yeah. with the two fists together <laughs> yeah. to me every time I count. Every time I count them out, Brock Purdy and and uh, Jalen Hurts, boom, the friends, <laughs> the friends hand fist uh, or sideways fist bumps. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a really good analogy, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Every now and then, I come up with a dynamite drop in. Yeah, either way, it's going to be really, really good games. By the way, uh, before we take our break right here, I just saw this coming up over Twitter this morning: is that Tua Tango Vailoa is still in protocol, so he is to miss the Pro Bowl games so as he remains still in concussion protocol and will not participate again in the Pro Bowl games. Tango Vailoa had been named a first alternate pro bowler and was set to replace either Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes with both the quarterbacks playing obviously this weekend and that one is going to go to the Super Bowl. However, he entered, so Tango Vailoa entered the protocol December 26th after suffering that concussion in Miami's loss to the Packers uh, the day before and missed the team's final three games of the season, including their wildcard loss to the Buffalo Bills. So, as we mentioned before, he tweeted that thing, and and, and maybe he it's more of a he's just done playing football, which nobody could fault him for, that cryptic tweet. He's, he's been in protocol for over a month That's now. Why, and like, actually, a month and a day. You said the 26th of December, right? Yeah, so it's been a month and a day that he's been in protocol. It's this, it's, that's not a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. Like, to feel effects this long, it shows you this was serious. And I don't think, and here's the scary thing. I don't think this is a new concussion. I still think this is part of the one he suffered when he went unconscious. And, and what do they call it? Fetal position. They, they called it like when you. Oh, um, yeah. I, I forget the like medical you go, term. The yeah. medical term when you go into fetal position. Yeah. Um, and where everything kind of just locks up and seizes on you and your yeah. body becomes. Um, I, I think he still honestly has never fully recovered from that. I'm, and again, I'm no expert. But it's, it's a scary situation. And you're right. No one would fault him or blame him for saying, you know what? My health has got to come first. Yeah. And, and to remind everyone, like obviously the Pro Bowl games, it's, it's not even contact football. It's just them doing skills drills. They're going to play flag football. But when it comes to concussions, a lot of times you're not able to even run because that can like sunlight. Move the, yeah, the sunlight. Well, I remember when we had the Hawaii Pacific Health doctor back in, They you're, you're OK to be exposed more to sunlight because back in the day they were super strict on the sunlight, but they realized people would 
kind of almost make people worse. But it's more of like the movement and the action of being part of the Pro Bowl games that I think is the precaution. Because by now, I'm assuming like you can at least be exposed to sunlight, but it's more of just the movement and your head going all over the place. Even though you're not being hit, it's still running and all of that stuff. So uh, we wish obviously to a Tongo Vailoa the best and hope he gets healthy soon but yes he is not going to be part of the Pro Bowl games all right we'll be back on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 happy Aloha Friday Kule Agbayani Alan Nia all right taking you through the weekend by the way other also I saw on Twitter pop up happy birthday to Kamaka Hepa from the Rainbow Warrior basketball team. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Hopefully the birthday, we'll get a birthday win tomorrow. All right, coming up this weekend, not only obviously football with the AFC and NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl participants to be determined, but it is officially the start of the WSL Championship Tour of 2023. Sunday begins the holding period of the Billabong Pro Pipeline, as if we're not already still living on the high off of the Eddie Big Wave Invitational that just happened. And now we're going into Billabong Pro Pipeline, again, event number one on the WSL CT Tour out there at Bonsai Pipeline on the North Shore and just, you know, We'll see who will get as the winners as last year's winner was Kelly Slater at the ripe young age of 50 and still competing again. And Moana Jones Wong also coming out on top when she beat Carissa Moore uh, last year in the Billabong Pro Pipeline. And Seth Moniz, another guy from Hawaii, is was the runner up and lost to Kelly Slater, the legend. So that's the holding period. So you guys know I'll keep you posted with that should as it will go on throughout next week. But some of our surfers to look out for in heat number one, we'll start with the men first. We have Ian Gentle as he is in heat number one. Another local surfer, we have Ezekiel Lau will be in heat number four. Seth Moniz and Michaelani DeVault will be in the same heat at five. Uh, Joshua Moniz will be in six. Baron Mamiya, heat seven. Uh, Kelly Slater, just because he's a legend, will be in Heat 8. And last but not least, John John Florence will end it in Heat 12 for the men's side. And on for the women's side, of course, we have Carissa Moore. And see, I hate when they do this. <laughs> they put the, even though you have enough heats to spread out the women from Hawaii, but you have Carissa Moore and Betty Lou Sakura Johnson that will be in the same heat in number two, Moana Jones-Wong, the defending Champ will be in Heat 3, and Gabriella Bryan will be in Heat 5. So those are our Hawaii women taking on the pipe bonsai pipeline. You know where I'll be watching it. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like when um, the Eddie was going on, and I'll be having like football on one TV and then watching surfing on the other. So, <laughs> so basically, it's an unproductive day. Oh, that's 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 generally Sunday during the <laughs> football season. So I don't know why you're like asking me that question. <laughs> that's touche. <laughs> Come on, do you not know me by now, Alan? <laughs> Have we not been together long My enough? My gosh, it's already a given. So if it's going, or either way, if it's going next week, then you know it'll possibly be unproductive day. No. See, when I'm in the office, though, I have no choice but to be productive because there's a lot of stuff to do. So it will 
as it goes on next week, the Billabong Pro Pipeline, that is, I'll probably have it up on our TV here while I get my work done. So we have surfing as I dream of the beach. And if my dad's listening, as he'll be like, yeah, you need to probably go to the beach. <laughs> it's so white. <laughs> I, I could see him saying that to you. Exactly. That's why like, I laugh and I chuck. I'm like, oh, he does. I'm like, oh, uncle would definitely say He does. That. He's like, oh, you're so fair. How could we so fair? You got to go beach. A, oh, giving us a bad name, huh? <laughs> Even though I know I have to. I know. And then I just. I can't imagine you at the beach, though. What? Not, well, not like not today. Like before when we were. I don't. I don't you know what? I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not getting you in should, trouble. Yeah, you should stop. There, Alan. Like, don't even say anymore. Anyways, like I said, I uh, hope everyone has a good weekend on Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We will have LA Clippers basketball Saturday and Sunday, and Monday we will have Hawaii boys basketball. And yeah, it'll be a fun time for Alan Mia. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye. Your brand new home for OIA Athletics, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.